Thanks for joining the broadcast today, and uh, you know I'm excited to, to address this today because you know it's a great day. It's a great day in your life, great day in our life, and, and the, the point of uh, speaking to you today is like many days, I want to make your life better. I, I want to give you uh, some information from the Word of God. You know, uh, they talk about inspiration and information, and we need both. But we certainly need some information, which is the Word of God, to be stable. You know, we need to have things going. And, and so today I'm going to uh, talk about some things. I know there's much around us. We can all uh, realize today is this, you know, there's all kind of things that may be contributing to our day. And I'll just go back a little bit because, you know, in uh, I've talked some about Matthew. Uh, I A couple places in Matthew, one of them was in... Uh, verse 17, verse 20, and they couldn't figure out how to cast out the demons. And, and you might say, well, why am I worried about that? Well, let's get past that for a minute. Uh, but it says, why couldn't we do that? And he said, because of your unbelief. And then we see another one over in Matthew 21, 21, and he says, uh, they couldn't do that either. Uh, there's something they couldn't figure they couldn't do. And he said, Assuredly, I say to you, who have faith and doubt not, uh, and, but all things, uh, in other words, they're really saying that you do should not doubt. So there's unbelief and there's doubt and, and all those kind of things. And, and so we talk about those quite a bit. But, you know, unbelief has got to do with just you just don't believe it. In many cases, when we're talking about things that might be going on in your life, uh, maybe, uh, and you're wanting to pray, you want to change them, uh, maybe you just don't believe what the Word says, or maybe you don't believe it because you're not looking at the Word. You know, those are kind of things, and I, this isn't a condescending thing, but at the same time, there is a reality. And then, in that process, uh, I picked up a, a scripture this morning I want to share with you, but you know, when it comes to speaking to mountains... Um, let, let's deal with that just a little bit. Uh, you know, um, I'll give you a little story. And this is a very current story. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things that a lot of believers don't believe is that there's demons. You know, I, and actually, there's, when you talk about Christianity, there's a whole a lot of things, uh, generally, they don't believe. But that's not you, and it's not me. We want to believe what the Word of God says. We want every promise, everything about the Word of God, we want it to come to pass and to be true. So we should deal with sin. But I'm going to give you a little story. Uh, you know, uh, we have, a, uh, I could say friend, but we have family that are very much in the horse business. Well, uh, they have this really, really uh, good quality young colt. And they had him, and he was doing just fine and just a highly bred horse. So, you know, when if you're in the horse business, <laughs> you know that the pedigrees can have a lot to do with their temperament, their intelligence, and everything. Uh, so, anyway, they, um, they had this young uh, pony going, uh, uh, colt going very well. And then... Uh, they left him off with somebody for a few days to do something different, and I don't know. They're not even sure why they did it, but it was an associate, let's put it that way. Well, when the horse came back, he was just very unruly. It just changed his personality, you know, in, a, in, a, in like a, a few weeks. So, uh, I mean, did some amazing things that weren't right. They couldn't catch him anymore, didn't want to talk to him anymore. He tore up a... 
a panel or something uh, in the fence. It just, it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't what he was when he left. So uh, Sandy and I were out there visiting him the other day, and they were telling us about this young horse, and he was standing all by himself, didn't even want to be around some of the other horses. And so I suggested to my daughter, I said, you know, I've had an experience where demon spirits were messing with a horse that I was riding. Now, you may think this is crazy, and you are welcome to think it's crazy if you want to, but I want you to listen to this real well. I said, I was riding this horse of mine, an old horse, uh, around a pen that we have, and he'd come to this one corner and he'd spook. Well, this happened two or three times, and all of a sudden, something rose up in me, and I said, in the name of Jesus, you, you satanic spirits, or whatever you are, bothering my horse, I command you to depart right now. You loose my horse right now in the name of Jesus. I will tell you right now, the next time I come around, that horse didn't even pay any attention to that particular place. I shared that with my daughter, and she said, Dad, I know what to do. Well, we just got a, a call a few days, a few hours later. Her and her daughter, her daughter, our granddaughter, went out to that horse. They laid hands on that horse. They commanded that evil spirit to leave that horse. And do you know? And and just thank God for blessing that horse. And do you know? Immediately, that horse was delivered from that. That now, what do you think about that? Now that's a story that's current. That's in the last three or four days. So, you know, when people say, well, I don't believe in that stuff, well, that's your, that's, your, that's your welcome to do that. But see, Jesus is trying to tell us all through the Gospels that we have to speak to things. You know, we uh, famous ones, Mark 11, 23, 24, and 25. Whoever shall say to this mountain, well, what's a mountain? Well, it's anything that's disturbing your life. You say, well, I, want, I just want to grow in faith. Well, see, faith is, is what you say, and it it's how much in your heart you believe that, that your authority is in operation. And why did Jesus say it so many times? He said it in, in Matthew 17, Matthew 21. He said it in Mark 11. And, and the one I'll talk about here in a minute is over in Luke. He was always telling people, and he used the same term, either mountains or something else. And he said, so uh, whoever shall say to this mountain, well, if there's something... In, in your life that shouldn't be there, or let's put it a different way. Let's say you, you, uh, you're just saying, well, my faith just doesn't seem to work anymore, or my faith doesn't seem to work. I can't, I, you know, I try this faith stuff and it doesn't work. Well, maybe you need to try looking at this scripture that I'm sharing today and say, well, maybe it's because I haven't learned the power of my own voice or the power of the name of Jesus and realize that, you know, there, there's a scripture that says Jesus is a name that's been named that's above every name. Well, what does that mean to you? That means there's a lot of names out there that, that his name is above. So we need to exercise that. Well, you say, Gary, well, you're really talking about some stuff out here. Maybe it's far out. Well, maybe it's far out to you. But after many, many years of seeing the results of this and watching things like a, an expensive little colt get set free because somebody had the courage to say, yeah, Let's stand up against that thing. That's a mountain destroying the life of an expensive horse. Well, that's, a, that's about an animal, isn't it? 
What about a person? <laughs> what about you? What about people you know and love and there's just something uh, wrong with them and they, they need help? And, you know, so often we just kind of get out there and we plead, oh God, oh God, oh God. No, and he's saying, and Jesus said, no, you don't say that. What you do is you, you figure out what it is that's bothering that person and you speak to it in Jesus' name. And, you know, I'll just challenge you to try this. And beyond that, just do it. Now, let, let's uh, jump right into this a, a little further because I saw something today. You know, I teach all the time that if you're reading the Bible and all of a sudden something jumps out and you have a question, Jesus said he'd send a teacher. Well, if, if you're in class and you have a teacher and the teacher points out something to you, time to study that, isn't it? Because it's going to be on the next test. Is that right? Well, of course it's right. I learned that after many years of not being a super good student, you know, years ago. But at the same time, I found out if a teacher amplified something in the class, you better listen because it's probably going to be on the final exam or at least the midterm or somewhere along the line. Okay, here's Jesus. He's saying... Uh, whoever shall say to this mountain. Now, let's just jump into something that's totally different along with this line. Now, let's go to chapter 17. And, and the reason I said this is because I read different translations. And I, I found out, um, I'll just jump into verse 6 of, of Luke 17. It says, so the Lord said, and I'm jumping into it a little bit here. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the root and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Well, I got to wondering about that this morning. Why do some translations say sycamine tree or sycamore tree? So, you know what? You have a curiosity like that. Uh, the Lord brought that to me just so I could show you something today that might be of interest in you if you're trying to be victorious in prayer. Now, this could be praying for our nation because I'll tell you something, that's a major thing that we do. Major important to me is I want to be effective when I go after the evil things that are trying to take over our nation. I want to have faith. I want to know what I'm talking about. I want that strength behind me. Well, here's a little thing that might help you too in that if there's a gap right there. Now, in verse chapter 17, and I didn't really realize this so much until I studied it out this morning, got some information. And and what we have here in Jesus speaking, he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offense should come, but woe to him through whom they do come, or those are stumbling blocks. And it would be better for him to have a millstone hung around his neck if he were thrown into the sea, and he should offend one of those little ones. Now, verse 3, take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against him, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times, seven times a day, return to you, say, I repent, you shall forgive him. Oh, yeah, well, Gary, you know, that's talking about some forgiveness. But see, if you read this in context, Jesus is leading up to there. Our faith is so hooked up to our forgiveness. Why did he say the mulberry tree? Why did he find the sycamore tree? They're extremely deep-rooted tree that spread out wide and they go deep. And when you have unforgiveness working in your life, you say, you say Gary, you're messing with me now. No, I'm, I'm talking about some freedom here because... Uh, because uh, if, if there's unforgiveness in your life, strife and division and all that come out of it, if it's deep-rooted, you have to take some authority and get it out of your life to, have, to move on in faith. 
Well, yeah, you know, maybe maybe you wanted to hear something different today, but see, I know God wants you set free, and I want you. He wants you just like me. When things are coming against our families, our children, uh, our nation, our friends, we want to have the faith to take it on. And right now it's a great time for believers to take on the evil in our nation. But see, we need to get secured in our home life too. We need to be solid in our home life. So, so that's the point of this. Jesus is saying, look, if there's unforgiveness in your life, you need to root it out, root it out, because it's deep-rooted. I'm telling you, some of this stuff, there may be somebody in your life you've, you've been mad at for your whole life. And this can, I, we've learned recently too, Sandy and I have with help from, from others, not, not, you know, what I'm trying to say is just studying this out. Uh, you might have to forgive some ancestors. They might even be dead and gone, but you need to forgive them. You need to clean this up because you see, it's just like that mulberry tree. Those are deep roots and they can stop your growth. And in many times, now you, you go back, you know, people talk about Mark 11:24. And they'll say, well, whoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in the heart, believe everything I say shall come to pass. And verse 24 says, therefore I say unto you, whatever things you uh, desire, and the King James says desire, when you pray, believe they receive them, you shall have them. But verse 25, we don't want to talk about 25 very much. <laughs> but why is it there? This is Jesus, red letter edition. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, Forgive them, that your Father in heaven may be also forgive you in your trespasses. And if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. That means basically that if you want to be effective in prayer, you can't, you've, you've got to get rid of some of those things in your life. Oh, brothers and sisters, I, I, I know this kind of hard maybe today, but you know, it's not hard. It's a key. It's a key to move on. And I'm Sandy, and I've dealt with this. We've been in this thing a long time, and many times we've dealt with the fact these little things come up. It'd be so easy to, to have something against somebody, you know, like the Bible talk, put your foot on their neck, really mad at them because they really did this. But see, we can't afford to if we want to get things in prayer. If we want our families healed, we want, we want uh, families uh, saved that, that need to be saved, so we want to pray for them. Well, and again, back to this nation, this beautiful nation God has given us. You know, you, you hear me enough, you know that, that the, the, the freedom in our United States of America is rock solid in my heart. It's a driving force. And I want to, when I pray, when I get before the Lord in intercession in the mornings or in the afternoon, or any time when I'm praying, uh, I'll tell you, my heart is, is so fixed on finding every way I can to, to keep the enemy back. And, and realize God's bigger than the enemy and, and stand there and with him. You know, even the Lord's Prayer, you know, you go to an organized religion church and uh, all kinds of denominations and without a doubt they're going to recite the Lord's Prayer. Well, that's fine. But what does it say in the Lord's Prayer? It talks about forgiveness. Forgive those that have ought against you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Well, great. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. Well, how many times have you recited that, recited that if you go to a denominational church? Did it ever mean anything to you? Did you ever walk in, go in there and, and say that prayer and then walk out just mad at somebody because you didn't like how they looked at you that day? <laughs> I'm nearly messing with you now. But see, thing is, there's such a glorious thing. I mean, think about the cult. Just think about that. 
Think about that nice little colt that was that somehow whoever had handled him had messed with him, done something to him. The devil came right in and tried to destroy that the the whole continence of that little horse. Just think about that. And with a simple level of faith, a simple suggestion to say, say, just just kick, just go after that darkness in that horse. You can go after that darkness in people. You can go after darkness in, in our nation. I mean, you've got to know there's a division in our land, but there's also a division in the churches. You know, there's a great time. There's a lot of prophecies out there about these uh, all kind of Christians need to come together. But, you know, uh, if you got right down to it, a lot of times they don't because there's unforgiveness. Not willing to yield. Amen. Oh boy, this is this is tough preaching. I hope you still love me when it's all over. But you see, one thing I do know, God wants you to have great faith. And 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 he wants you to grow up in this thing too. He wants you to have great faith. I mean, everything I've read in the Bible about faith has got to do with what you say. You know, even even Matthew, I I have time here a minute. Uh, I'm going to go on into this a little bit. Even when in verse uh, Matthew 8, it's one of my favorites as far as when we're talking about authority and speaking in any way. And you know this story probably uh, in the way uh, now in verse 5, now Jesus had entered Capernaum. A centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Now, this centurion meant he was somebody that commanded 100 troops. So he's saying, look, my, my servant is in bad shape here. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you'd come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I, listen to this, for I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. To my servant, do this, and he does it. And Jesus heard it, and he marveled, and said to those who followed, Brothers and sisters, I want you to hear these words. And when you hear these words, I want you to think of John, where he says, All things that I do, you shall do also. All things that I do, you shall do also, because I go to the Father. You remember that? John chapter 14, somewhere around verse 16, I don't know, somewhere in there. So in these words he said to the centurion, or his people, he said, he, he said to his followers. And why did he say it to his followers? Because he's teaching them something. And he's teaching you something today if your ears are open. And he said, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. This, this soldier who was probably not, who knows if he was a believer or not, but he understood authority, and he knew that Jesus walked in authority. And he said, I say to you that many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the sons of, king, of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping. Well, anyway, that's, that's got to do with people that don't believe that, that came out of his family, you know, the land. But it says here in verse 13, he said to this to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. 
And his servant was healed that same hour. Go your way, and I say this today to you. Go your way, and as you have believed, let it be done for you. So he said, again, it's a teaching moment, but see, it was a powerful thing where Jesus said, speak the word only. And our voices are so strong. You know, I've taught quite a bit, and I walk, I, I more than teach it, it's something I've learned to walk in, to to, to go after things and believe things for my household. And right now, a lot of prayer going into a lot of things around me, the political climate, the, the evil things that are entrapping people. But see, we've got to walk in this strong faith to even combat that. Otherwise, we can, get, we can just be set aside and whatever. And, and I know sometimes, you, you know, we hear somebody teach like this. You say, well, Gary, that just seems so hard. But I'll just bet you, Right today, as soon as this broadcast is over, or maybe even right now, maybe you left it, I don't know, but you're probably talking. You're saying things. So you see, you don't have to change your mouth or your vocal cords. <laughs> you have to change what you say. And, 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 you know, people say, well, it's all that confession stuff. Well, not necessarily. It's talking about you directing your faith and your voice towards those things that are inhibiting you and your family and, and even praying for, for people to be saved. You know, we learned a long, long time ago, we talk about binding loosing. I won't go there right now, but we can, we can take authority over those spirits that have stopped your friends and family from being born again, being saved. You can bind up those forces that have blinded them. Those are real forces. That's real darkness. And then you just simply say, Lord, I just ask you to send labors across their path. And, you know, that's probably what somebody did for you one time. Maybe, maybe not. But I believe it. You know, I, the way Sandy and I got born again, it's, it's amazing. Somebody had to be praying for us whether it was uh, a few days before or a year or two before or 10 years before or maybe decades or centuries. I don't know. I don't know about that, but somebody was willing to set their faith, bind up that darkness, and the next thing I know, you know, we, we made Jesus the Lord of our life, and so you can do that today too. And I know I'm speaking to a lot of different people right now, and that's always an aspect. You know, if you, if you want to get a foundation in faith, if you haven't really made Jesus the Lord of your life, you just simply do it by how? You believe it in your heart? There we go. Believe. But then what else do you do? You say it with your mouth. See, you put everything, you're, where you are, your belief system always is going to come out of your mouth. And, and what you say makes a lot of difference. But, you know, so we're back to this Luke thing. That's really big, I think. I, when I saw that and got some information on that, that really, that really made a lot of sense to me that one of the main interrupters of our faith is probably that little bitty it's not big, but those little unforgiveness things, you know, those little foxes that spoil the vines, those little things that pop up and say, well, boy, they did something bad to me and I can never forget it. <laughs> it's, we can't afford unforgiveness, brothers and sisters. We just can't. Uh, I'm telling you, you know, you see um, uh, whole churches will split over some kind of thing. And, and if you ever dig down into what divides families or churches, it, it's probably some little thing that started out like a seed, you know, like a little seed tree seed. But then it, it got watered with people saying it, continuing it, continuing it, and it started to grow, and the 
more it grew, the more those deep roots went in there and divided families, divided, divided churches, divided whole nations, divided all kind of things. You see, well, this is, I want this to be uplifting. <laughs> I'm doing my best because I'll tell you, God wants you to move on in your life and he wants you to have this little stuff to think about and to take these scriptures and take them into your Bible, underline them, do something with them. And I'll just repeat them. That's, that's Luke chapter 17, and you can read about the unforgiveness in the first few verses. You can see the, the faith verse in verse 6. If you have faith as a mustard seed, say that. That's just, uh, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it'll obey you. And I mean, I take that kind of thing, and I say, you unforgiveness, you're not going to have my life. I command you to depart from my life. And you know, thing is, I've forgiven a lot of people. I think I walk in a lot of that. But if there's one hint, one hint comes in, do you remember that little thing? I said, nope, I'm not even going to allow that to come into my mind. I'm not even going to address it. I refuse to focus on it. You know, let's talk about forgiveness one more time. And in, in, in as I close this up, you know, when we find out how much God forgave you when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, when he forgave you, he forgot it. As far as the east is from the west and, and, and so on, your sins are buried, gone forever. Now, we need to take a listen to how God did it. It was gone forever. I mean, if you had things in your life going on, you said, God, forgive me. You, you expected him because the Bible said so. That's gone forever. Don't even remember it. That's how we need to operate with our faith. Hey, we forgiven somebody? Uh, need to wash it out and get it out of there? Why? <laughs> I want to be clean before the Lord. Man, when I go into prayer anytime or praying for people like praying for you, if I were in your presence, which I hope that will, and I'm praying for your healing or I'm praying for your something else going on in your life, your finances, I want to be clean. I don't want to have any accuser coming by and, Gary, well, you can't pray for them, get faith, because you, you remember you don't like so-and-so or you did this and that. Uh, actually, one time, the I, I, Lord showed me, I went, came out of a fast about three days, and 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 the Lord showed me there were three people that I had something against. And Sandy could testify, it's true. I, I pulled out, uh, wrote envelopes to all three of those men, found out their addresses, put a $100 bill in each one of them, proclaimed forgiveness to them, and, and just sent it to them. Whether they understood it or not, didn't matter to me. It discharged it in my life. I got rid of it because I didn't want it there. So just remember, uh, uh, Mark 11, 23, Mark 11, 24. Uh, you can go to Matthew uh, 17, 17. Our 1720, uh, you know, these are just some scriptures for you to look at. If you're interested in this, you should be. And it's in verse 20, verse uh, uh, 21, you know. Uh, you know. So I'm going to close with this. Uh, there's more I'd like to have said today, but you know what? Um, I, hope you, I hope you stayed with me on it and, it and that you're seeing some things in here because, you know, I, even, even about the mulberry tree, that's actually the fig mulberry tree, and I learned about that. And now I found out how come, you know, maybe some ways he cursed the, cursed the figs because, see, the figs may be related to those deep-rooted unforgiveness things in their life. Isn't that amazing? There's so much in this word. <laughs> we need to know this. We want to know. We want to know, and it, it's just so powerful that we can be forgiven and powerful and say have a say when we say look you you uh, ugly 
uh, spirits of darkness, you're not having my family, you're not having my, my city, my county, my, my state, any of that, my nation in particular, because, you know, the problem is God wants you free, I want you free, you want you free, so God bless you, I want you to have a beautiful rest of the day, in Jesus' name, amen.